live across Kansas on the Game Day Radio Network and worldwide at PowerCatGameDay.com. K-State fans, it's time. Looks over that Kansas State defense. There's the snap. Looking middle. Now pressure. Goes down. He goes down on the Wildcat. Sack him. It's Felix and Udike Usama with a minute 44 to go. Wildcat Nation. Welcome to Powercat Game Day. Oh, the Wildcats block it. The ball is picked up at the eight-yard line, and the Cats are going to score. Touchdown, Kansas State. Here's a handoff, and Deuce straight ahead. Deuce in the open. Here he goes. He's at the 30, to the 20, to the house. The Deuce is loose. Touchdown. Kansas State, it's 13-0 Wildcats. Powercat Game Day is powered by Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service with 15 locations throughout Kansas. Online at prairielandpartners.com. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Don't get stuck on the bench with a sports injury. Get back in the game with the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. Online at kansasortho.com. The McCain Performance Series, bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway, music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids under 17 always have price. Get your tickets online today. And Beds for Less, Manhattan's leader in low-price, high-quality mattresses, offering the largest selection of in-stock name-brand mattresses. The biggest pregame show in the Big 12 starts Wildcat fans, this is Powercat Game Day. For the first time since 2011, an old Big 12 rivalry will finally meet up once again. This morning at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, the Missouri Tigers return back to town as K-State 1-0 on the season hosts the 1-0 Tigers, now from the SEC. Welcome into Powercat Game Day. My name is Mitch Fortner, also joined once again by the co-host, that is Cole Manbeck. He's a part of the Three Mall Podcast, and he's the former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. And Derek Young from K-State Online, now with On3, and he's also a part of the Three Mall Podcast podcasts gentlemen thanks for joining me once again here on power Cat game day k-state 1-0 after their last saturday victory over the south dakota coyotes by the final score of 34 to nothing as we look back at this game let's start with the offense the game couldn't have started any better jet sweep to malik Knowles, taken to the house 75 yards and blink of an eye k-state is up seven nothing but we knew going into this game the one person that's going to be picked apart his game the most by fans media was going to be Adrian Martinez. Making his debut at quarterback, he goes 11 of 15 for 53 yards, no touchdowns and no interceptions, throwing, and then he had a touchdown, a fumble, and 39 yards on the ground rushing. But, Cole, we'll start with you. After evaluating what Adrian was able to do against South Dakota, did you walk away from that game with any concerns about him? No, not not really, Mitch. I, I trust Adrian Martinez. I think he's going to be good here. You know, this is a guy that averaged 9.4 yards per pass at Nebraska last year, which tied for the seventh best mark in college football. He throws the ball downfield. He threw for nearly 3,000 yards last year. He threw for over 10,000 yards in his career. He can sling the football around, and he's been known as a guy that will throw it downfield a lot. So I'm not particularly concerned about that. I think there's probably a bit of an overreaction to it. I get it. Like, he's a heavily scrutinized player. Uh, from his time at Nebraska and the turnovers. But to me, it it felt like just such a business-like performance. K-State didn't want to show a lot. They were very basic and vanilla in what they did on the field. And they got out to such a big lead early that they really didn't have to do much downfield. They just it kind of felt like they were, you know, the Bill Snyder treatment of, of not showing much in this game with Missouri looming in game two. So 
there, there weren't a lot of routes ran downfield either. Not a lot of options to throw it deep. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen a couple connections on some passes 20 plus yards downfield, but that wasn't the case. Um, I think we'll see a much better, I don't even want to say better. I, I thought he was fine. I think we'll see them go downfield against Missouri today in this ball game. But yeah, I, I think there's just been a bit of an overreaction there. He's going to be okay. And they're going to throw the ball around a lot more and they're going to need him to. Well, DY offensively, K-State now has to deal with the first major injury and hopefully the only major injury of this season. But on the offensive line at right guard, uh, Taylor Potier is now going to be out for the season. But how does this change now the game plan when it comes to the offensive line? Well, I don't know that the game plan necessarily changes, but maybe your alignment and your rotations, they're going to take a hit. Um, they, they view Taylor Portier as an all-conference caliber player. Now you're not going to have him for the remainder of the season. Most teams would that would probably hurt significantly. That would take a chunk out of what they feel like that they can do from a schematic and philosophical standpoint, I'm sure. But Kansas State doesn't necessarily shoulder that same kind of brunt that, that most programs would. They, they could probably, not that I want to tempt fate here, but they could probably stand to lose one more. You don't want that to happen, but that just goes to show you that the debt that they came in with on the offensive line, across the offensive line, this season. Um, just think about it this way. I guess the conclusion that I would take from what they must do and what they're kind of going to be forced into the rest of the way is that Andrew Langang becomes very integral in what they want to do and how they're going to have to manage the offensive line the rest of the way. Let's say for some reason, KT Leviston, something happens to him where he struggles um, just has is having a slow start or, you know, uh, having a hard time blocking the guy across from him. Well, you can slide Cooper BB out the left tackle and put Andrew Langang in at left guard. But because of his versatility, which is similar to Cooper BB, you can also slot Langang right into left tackle. He played left tackle last week against South Dakota. Now, Hayden Gillum was pretty good in the opener, and we'll, we'll see what happens uh, the rest of the way with him, I don't think anyone's uh, disappointed in how he performed uh, against South Dakota either. Um, his snaps kind of scared me a little bit, but let's say for some reason they have to pull him. Well, you can move Hadley Panzer, who's going to start at right guard now, to center and put Andrew Langang in at right guard. So that just goes to show you, moving forward, how important Andrew Langang could be to this offensive line. Yeah, that, that, that play, he got hurt on the uh, the same play that Deuce Vaughn was hooked. He was fish hooked on that face mask. And I initially thought, like, I didn't think at all it would be like a knee injury. He walked off the field. But yeah, as it turns out, we found out on Tuesday, Taylor Potier for the second straight year is going to miss. He didn't play at all last year, but he's going to miss, again, a full season pretty much uh, due to a knee injury. And Cole, I agree with you. Go, go ahead, D.Y. It really stinks for him. Like that, if your if your heart's going to go out, if that I mean, you don't want anyone to suffer that kind of injury. Um, you don't wish it upon anyone. But man, he was the last one that anybody could have wanted that to happen to, just because he just came back from that same injury. Like it, you know how much hard work it takes to recover, and yeah. how you know, everything that we don't see what goes into that just to be able to come back and be ready for game one. It's actually impressive that he was ready for game one. Um, he was so excited. He was one of the most charismatic players on the team. Uh, my heart goes out for him. It's really disappointing to see it happen to him. You don't want it to happen to anyone, but especially not him because he's already endured something like that, and it was just bad luck. Like you said, the same player that face masked Deuce Vaughn just leg-whipped him. 
And I was also going to add about Cole's statement about Adrian Martinez. I, I just wanted to say I completely agree. Not only are we expecting it, it, you know, it's just it's necessary in a game like this against Missouri, where yes, he, he was limited in what he did. It wasn't necessary to take any risks, but he's going to really show off his talent, both running and throwing the football, uh, stepping up against Missouri defense. And, and speaking of defense, the K State D a shutout in game number one against South Dakota. The last time that happened in game one, where K State had a shutout, was 2015 against South Dakota by the exact same final score 34 nothing but a question for both of you we saw a lot of guys especially in that second half the game was already in hand a lot of guys rotating in a lot of guys had an opportunity to get some experience in game one against South Dakota you can give me one name you can give me multiple names we'll start with Cole just who stood out to you defensively yeah I think Kobe Savage really stood out at the safety position number two junior college transfer that arrived for spring ball you know, this was a kid that was committed to North Texas and then K-State offered him late in the recruiting process and got him to decommit and sign to Kansas State. He didn't have a ton of impressive offers, but he was a junior college All-American. And I was just blown away. I think we we thought he was going to be a really good player. The staff had raved about him from spring ball on. I was blown away with how physical he was. I mean, he's not the biggest dude in the world, and he was out there blowing guys up and laying the wood and just flying all over the football field for a guy in his first college football game coming from the JUCO level. I was really impressed, and, and he's going to be a huge part of this defense because safety was a question mark coming into the season. They were without Josh Hayes in that game, who they're probably most confident in at the safety position. Hopefully he's back today against Missouri. I thought he really stood out. And then I would just say overall, Mitch, that the D-line depth really stood out. Just It, it became reality of how many bodies they can rotate in and still be effective. I feel comfortable with four guys at D-end and, heck, I got to be honest, with the nose tackle position, you got Eli Huggins, Robert Hintz, you feel good about. And I thought K-State's third and fourth string nose tackles, Uso Samalo, number 99, came in, played 12 snaps. I thought he was really solid, as well as the fourth string nose tackle. So just a lot of depth up front on that defense. And, you know, I, I thought they played really well as well. I would echo the sentiment about the defensive line. You don't have that kind of havoc rate that they had and all the tackles for loss and the disruption that they had without a dominant defensive line. And it really didn't matter who was on the field. It was all of them. Um, it just kind of feels like that they have six, seven starting quality defensive linemen, and that doesn't even account Khalid Duke, who's now playing in the second level. And that one stood out to me. He wasn't the best linebacker, even though that's, he, he played linebacker. He wasn't the best linebacker on the field. Um, he wasn't, you know, maybe in my top four or five performances, but having him look the way he did and play 30 snaps, I couldn't have been more impressed. I was expecting something probably, admittedly, far inferior. I, I wasn't sure how he was going to look um, from a conditioning standpoint, but also the way he moved. Like, he came off a pretty brutal injury himself. So I thought that was pretty reassuring just to see Khalid Duke look that healthy, that fresh, that, that quick. He, he may not have been the same speed, but, man, he's he was close to it, right? That's That's how I felt. Kobe Savage does leap off the page. A guy that didn't play a whole bunch, <laughs> but I think, and he was first team all Big 12 at the beginning of the year, but and he didn't play a bunch, but he leaped, leapt off the page to me, and I think he's probably the best quarterback in the Big 12 this year because I think he'll play the ball better, and that's Julius Brents. Um, I just can't talk enough about him. Basically, anytime I discuss this defense, I, you know, a lot of attention goes to Felix and DK Uzama, and then even Daniel Green. But, I mean, I have a hard time thinking that there's a better defensive player on the team, even considering those two, than Julius Brents right now. 
And defensively, some final numbers. Four sacks all by the defensive line. Ten tackles for loss. Both those numbers are above average from last season. Eight of those TFLs from the defensive line as well. An interception by Sincere Mason. And how about another 100-yard rushing day for Deuce Vaughn, his seventh straight game with at least 100 yards on the ground. We'll take our first break here on Powercat Game Day, and when we come back, we'll get to our player interview with defensive end Nate Matlack, and more to come here on Powercat Game Day, powered this season by Prairie Land Partners and Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. Getting you set for all the action. This is Powercat Game Day. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center offers innovative, cutting-edge physical therapy. From blood flow restriction rehabilitation, dry needling, DARI-A biochemical movement analysis, fall prevention, and return to sport, OSMC Physical Therapy has over 75 years of combined treatment experience and deliver a successful and positive outcome while making the rehabilitation process pleasant and enjoyable. At Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Physical Therapy, no referrals are needed to schedule your therapy appointment. For more information, visit us at kansasortho.com. Prairieland Partners has made it easy for you to shop online. Choose your equipment, pick attachments, and even apply for financing all at jdbuyonline.com. Whether you're looking for a John Deere riding lawnmower, compact utility tractor, utility vehicle, or compact construction equipment, Prairieland Partners has what you need to get the job done. Get started shopping today at jdbuyonline.com. Delivering the right solution. Prairieland Partners. Powercat Game Day Forecast. Well, weather-wise, for the second game of the season, not too shabby. Projected forecast for kickoff, and we're talking 11 a.m., 68 degrees and mostly cloudy. Northeast wind could be about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Now, later on in this afternoon, even into the evening, we might see some showers, possibly a thunderstorm, but not projected to be here until about 4 o'clock. Otherwise, a partly sunny day. Today's high, 79. Chance precipitation is at 40%. Game day forecast brought to you by Allington Insurance. Feel like family, not just a number. Call Allington Insurance for home, auto, renters, and business insurance. They know insurance, so you don't have to. We're back on Powercat Game Day. Mitch Fortner, Cole Manbeck, and Derek Young. You know, one thing on the game from this past Saturday with the Cats beating South Dakota 34-0, we didn't touch on, and maybe is like the one concern you take out of that contest, is kicking. Special teams with Chris Tennant, who missed a 43-yard field goal and a point after touchdown. As a matter of fact, I brought this up with uh, Manhattan High Head Coach Joe Sharks, who had a kicker miss a field goal and then come back and kick a game winner at Derby in overtime, which was a huge win. I asked him about what Coach Kleiman mentioned on Tuesday. Just don't talk to the kicker. He'll mentally get ready for the next kick. He's got to get better on his own. It's just one of those things, but I'll ask you, D.Y. Concerning about the kicking game, there can't be too much slack, I would imagine, a game like Missouri where it's a, it's a big one. Yeah, I will be curious if this continues when the hook could come. Um, I tend to think that they're going to kind of ride it out unless he's missed, you know, two already, like first two against Missouri, then maybe you start to reconsider your options. But let's be frank. Let's be honest, right? This isn't a one-game deal. We saw this a little bit from Chris Tennant in the second half of last season. And for some reason, the, the misses, the tendency to be inaccurate – is coming on his shorter kicks. I mean, from 45 and onward, he seemed to be a bit more comfortable, a bit more accurate, and has kind of nailed those without an issue. Um, I know we reflected a bit on his, his kick against Texas and Austin last year that was north of 50 yards. 
So uh, he needs to, you know, work on the putter a little bit to take um, a card out of Chris Kleiman's playbook, you know, kind of compared it to a golf game of sorts where you just don't talk to them when they're struggling and let them iron out their own issues. That's what he wants to do with Chris Tennant. But, you know, for me, I, I'm going to have a close eye on it because in, in a game of this magnitude, if Mizzou is able to keep this within seven, ten points for most of the game, and I suspect that they're certainly capable of doing that, then Chris Tennant's going to be under the microscope uh, probably more than one. You know, Tennant missed an extra point against Kansas last year and Lawrence as well. He missed the extra point Saturday against South Dakota. So to D.Y.'s point, he does seem to struggle, you know, the closer he is. The Texas game last year in, in Austin, he made a 50-plus yarder with ease right down the middle. Um, you know, look, this he's a sophomore. He was a freshman last year, and he was regarded as one of the best kickers in the country when K-State landed him. He's a big kicker. He's six foot four, six five, two hundred plus pounds, and has a huge leg. And when K-State landed him out of Mill Valley High School in Kansas, I was told by someone affiliated with the program that he had the potential to be the best kicker in program history. So, you know, the potential is certainly there, but where you always worry about it with kickers, especially young kickers, it's just the, the mental challenge of it and losing their confidence. And does this get in his head now? The best thing that could happen is he gets out there. I mean, if you're a K-State fan, you want to score only touchdowns, but the best thing that could happen for him is he gets out there and makes one right off the bat and get that out of his head. Ideally, it would have been that 43-yarder against South Dakota that would have erased that missed extra point from his memory. Unfortunately, that's how he ends the game and has that sitting on his mind after that i I think ultimately he's going to be okay because the kid has a huge future um but if not they don't have time to mess around this promising season they may eventually have to go to ty zentner who's an experienced guy but a guy that they haven't really had kick much from a place kicking position moving on uh going back to the defense and the defensive line we're about to hear from sophomore defensive end named matlack he's a kansas kid olathe native but it was last year that uh he, he really jumped onto the scene in the second half of the year and cole i want to see if you agree with me the defensive line is just absolutely stacked with studs but nate matlack kind of assumed like he's going to be the one that steps up this year he's going to make the biggest jump on the on the defensive line would you agree cole yeah i think dy and i both agree with this we talked about it at length over the last few weeks that nate matlack's a name that we really expect to make a huge jump this year he had three and a half sacks last year as a redshirt freshman he's six five now 245 pounds when he arrived at k-state he was around 205 210 pounds so he's just been growing into his body and adding muscle becoming a better player and now that he's got that added weight on. I mean, you're talking about a really explosive player here uh, that has the potential to be an eight to nine sack guy this year. He had the tackle for loss against South Dakota where he shot out of a cannon, showed his explosiveness. And I think we're going to see more of that. And it's going to be very challenging to block Kansas State's DNs because of the two options they have with Felix and Yudike Uzama uh, opposite of Matt Lack. I think we think Felix will take some attention away from Matt Lack. Felix is going to get a lot of double teams, which didn't really seem to bother him. They tried double teaming him on Saturday and he blew right through that for a sack and had another tackle for loss as well, aside from that. But between those two, it's going to be really hard for defense to just to key in on one of them. And I think Matt Lack will be the beneficiary of Felix drawing attention because I think Matt Lack's going to beat a lot of single teams and, and rack up eight to nine sacks this year. 
Well, this week's player interview on PowerCat Game Day is with Nate Matlack, and it's brought to you by Becker Auto Trailers and Campers. Wanting to pay less and still be treated the best, shop Becker Auto's Trailers and Campers Supercenter in Beloit. Over 10 acres of inventory. Hurry in for the 2022 model year clearance on new campers or shop 24-7 at BeckerAutos.com. And Nate, being a Kansas kid, does know a little about the rivalry with Missouri. As a Kansas City guy, are you conscious of this being a rivalry? Yeah. I mean, it's always been a rivalry. I mean, I've always been a not a big Mizzou guy, but I mean, it hasn't been super big for my family, I guess, more of KU for us, but I mean, it's still a big rivalry. Yeah. You still say that out loud? Yeah. Okay. Um, overall, how did you think the team played? I mean, you guys got ahead and kind of pulled it all in and didn't mm-hmm. do as much as maybe as planned. I mean, I thought we played a pretty good overall game. Um, we Last year, we kind of struggled coming out in the second half slow, and I felt like we came out fast. We came out with a three and out immediately, and then the offense scored. Uh, we didn't get as much reduction after that, but, I mean, they still we still won the game, so... Playing with Felix and Eli up there, do you find yourself kind of man-to-man quite a bit on that edge, and does it create opportunities for you? Yeah, I'm definitely expecting it. I mean, um, this past uh, game, they kind of didn't block it the way we thought they would, and me and Felix ended up getting double-teamed a lot, and Eli got singled, so um, I'm definitely expecting that throughout the season, so, so I guess we'll see what happens. Is there another gear for this defense from week one to week two? Uh, yeah, we definitely want to step up uh, a lot of things. I mean, we definitely want to play, keep even play uh, even faster defense, um, just more production, I guess. We need to step up. Was there any comments from the new guys about the speed of the game, about trying to get kind of caught up to what it would be? Uh, honestly, not too much. I feel like all the new guys played really fast. I mean, you saw Kobe Savage make insane plays, which I expected him to make. Um, I know we still have some other guys that need to come in and make more plays, but I felt like everyone felt pretty confident throughout the game. How important is a pass rush this week? Uh, it's pretty important. They do they do a lot of run. I mean, they're a big stretch and counter a wide team. They kind of run two predominant plays the entire game, and they're good at it. But um, pass is definitely going to be big this game. They're, they've got a lot more big alignment on their team compared to last week, and they're more physical. So it's, it'll be a big piece of the game. Coach Carmen mentioned that uh, kind of used some motivational tactics to get everybody, everybody get fired up for Missouri. What, uh, mm-hmm. what What's he done this week for that? Yesterday we had a team meeting and he brought in some of the Missouri guys to just tell some stories about how they grew up Mizzou fans and then being pushed away from Mizzou just because they never got a chance to play for them and they doubted their talent and so that's why they came here because they came to the school that believed in them and so it's kind of just showing in case they gave them a chance when Mizzou didn't I guess. Did it fire, fire you up at all hearing that stuff? Yeah it was cool I honestly didn't know some of the stories from some of those guys like Randon and Jaron and Phil and Felix and so it was cool to hear that and then we also I guess I forgot about that. We had, uh, I think it was Reggie Blackwell talk to us. He sent us a video and it was pretty funny. He, it, was, it was really motivational too, but he made it a funny video also. When do you think of SEC, what comes to mind? Definitely elite, but not so much to where we can't win the game. I mean, it's it's not intimidating to me, I don't think, but I'm definitely excited for the challenge to show that the Big 12 can easily compete with the SEC and even beat the SEC, obviously. So, mm-hmm. super excited for it. What, what's it mean to you that oh, Kansas State has had a few recent wins against um, teams. I love it. I mean, I've been a Big 12 kid since I grew up, so I'm always rooting for the Big 12 against anyone. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely cool to see us go against the so-called elite conference. 
A big thank you to Nate Matlack for his time with the media back on Tuesday. We'll take another time out here on Powercat Game Day, and when we come back, our first look into the Missouri Tigers with our opponent spotlight, and that will be with Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star. Don't go anywhere. This is Powercat Game Day. Stream Powercat Game Day live four hours before every game online at powercatgameday.com. More Powercat Game Day continues next. No matter if your flight is departing or arriving, travel is more convenient when you fly local with Manhattan Regional Airport. Connect to anywhere in the world with five daily flights to Dallas and Chicago. Plus, by booking your next flight through Manhattan Regional Airport, you'll spend less time driving, saving you both gas and time. Why spend hours on the road when you can spend more time at your destination? Or more importantly, getting home quicker to the ones you love. It's time for you to enjoy the convenience of flying local. Book your next flight today at flymhk.com. The challenge flag has been thrown. It's taken the ref a long time to review the play. This may not be good. Oh, wait. Here he comes. Al Langton Insurance can save them hundreds of dollars. No penalty, but we highly recommend them see Robbie or Kate today for a quote. Has it been a while since you've had your insurance reviewed? Give Al Langton Insurance a call today for auto, renters, or homeowners. Al Langton Insurance. They know insurance, so you don't have to. 776-4091 or on the web at langtonins.com. And don't forget to like them on Facebook. Powercat Game Day is brought to you by Beds for Less, Manhattan's leader in low-price, high-quality mattresses, offering the largest selection of in-stock name-brand mattresses. Powercat Game Day rolls on with Mitch Fortner, Cole Manbeck, and Derek Young. The opponent today is the Missouri Tigers in series history. This is the 98th meeting all-time. Now, Missouri does own the series lead with 60 victories, 32 wins for the Cats, and five ties, but this goes back a little ways. The first meeting was back in 19 19- K-State has won 15 meetings in Manhattan. Missouri has won 29 of those, but the best run for the Cats, I think we all remember it quite well, from 93 to 2005. 13 straight W's for K-State. The last meeting in 2011 was K-State beating Mizzou right before they jumped to the SEC with the final score of 24-17. to Now, Cole, what I think of my favorite memories of this series is probably from 02 to 05, where Darren Sproles ran all over Mizzou and Brad Smith couldn't by a break against the Cats. He started every game for Missouri at quarterback and threw a couple of pick sixes to Brandon Archer. But Cole, when it comes to this series, what do you think of when you think of the Missouri Tigers? Well, the 1993 against Missouri in Manhattan was actually the very first K-State football game that I attended in my lifetime. I was seven years old and K-State won that game and it'll always stick with me as I took everything in. But, you know, I think back to the 2005 game, Bill Snyder's last game when Brandon Archer had the pick six and that moment. Uh, I was a a freshman at Kansas State when that occurred. It was a surreal moment. It was very cool. Now, K-State wasn't going to go to a bowl or anything, but I think a lot of K-State fans would say that was one of their favorite memories or most memorable moments. I was at the 1999 game when K-State pounded them 66 to nothing and maybe could have laid 100 on Mizzou. Uh, That was obviously a fun experience, but yeah, I look, 1998, you know, that was a heck of a game, but I always thought of Missouri as a team that almost wrecked chances to get to the Big 12 championship a couple of different occasions. They were often that last game of the regular season. And in 1998, when K-State was top two or three in the country and had to go to Columbia to end the year, and it was a tense game. K-State won 28-24 and then, or 31-25 actually. And then in 2000, K-State looking to clinch a spot to go to the Big 12 title again, it was a 28-24 game uh, that K-State won. So there were some fun moments and, uh, and K-State certainly dominated.
dominated, and I'm glad to be playing them again. Well, Missouri has now been in the SEC for a little over a decade now. The Tigers coming into this matchup 1-0. and It was a couple of Thursdays ago. Mizzou beat Louisiana Tech at home in Columbia 52-24. to It's now time for our opponent's spotlight. We'll break down the Missouri Tigers with Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star. Blair Eli Drinkwitz is now in his third season with the Missouri Tigers and first couple of years in Columbia going about 500, now exactly 500 with the impressive win a couple of Thursdays ago against Louisiana Tech. But for this third season, what are the expectations for Coach Drinkwitz? He came to Missouri you know, from one year at Appalachian State where he was terrific, right? They, they go 12-1 and one that season. They beat South Carolina and North Carolina on the road. and uh, It was a popular hire, but the expectations were really low in his first year. But they go 5-5 five and five and beat a couple of ranked SEC teams. First, LSU lost after LSU had won the national championship with Joe Burrow. And, and Arkansas was a really big win for him that first year. So you could say he overachieved his first year. So that raised expectations for year two, and they go six and six. So I think underachieved in year two. So we've got you know one year where he beat expectations, and another year where he didn't meet them. That kind of put a little pressure on him coming into this year. He doesn't have his returning starting quarterback. They change up quarterback. His starter transferred out, and so Brady Cook comes in and becomes the starter for the first time. So that's a long way of saying that expectations are a little kind of in a strange place for him. I, I think that if Missouri ends up getting bowl eligible this year, you know, getting six wins, that'll be seen as a success. So game one of the season, Missouri comes out with a big win, 52-24, looked good offensively. But uh, before we get to the offense, a member of the offense, Curtis Looper, it was announced by Coach Drinkwitz that he might be out six to eight weeks and slated to be a starter. Is that a pretty big blow for this offense? I, I don't know how, how big a blow it is. It's a shame. I mean, it's the, the announcement of him not being available came that day. In fact, he entered the hospital that morning of the game, played last Thursday, and uh, Eli Drinkwitz opened his post-game press conference by announcing it and said uh, he would be out for six to eight weeks. But, you know, that night they go out and run up 558 yards total offense and score 45 of the 52 points that Missouri scored that night. So I think from an impact standpoint, it won't be a, a serious blow to the, to the depth of Missouri. Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star is our guest. So the quarterback is Brady Cook. He's in his third year with the program, and he he wins the starting job. The debut against Louisiana Tech. How solid did he look? I mean, the stats say he was solid, but how did he look, and what makes him dangerous as a quarterback? Yeah, I I think solid's a a good description of his his first game. This is a guy who started the bowl game for Missouri last season. Connor Bazelak had been the starter throughout uh, 2021, uh, and then it became apparent that Eli Drinkwitz wanted to make a change at quarterback, and Brady Cook started. Bazelak transferred two days later. So it, it wasn't like Cook didn't have starting experience. So he he, he he was fine. Basically a first-time starter, at least starter in an opener. He managed the game well. Nothing spectacular. He did something that, that Bazelak didn't do, and that was use his legs to move the offense. He's a, he's a good running quarterback. He's elusive. So that's an added dimension to Missouri's offense that wasn't there a year ago. But he gets passing marks for his first game. He did throw an interception in the red zone, but it was a, it was a tip ball. Probably threw it a little too hard and went off the hands of, uh, of the receiver. But other than that, I, I'd give him a solid B for his uh, effort in the opener. 
offensively in a game like that where the the game is getting out of hand you're gonna see a lot more players get some time to uh get some experience in case they with the same thing against south dakota got to see a lot of players play who may not get to play in a matchup like k-state in missouri but offensively truly like how many players do you think are options like true options to be playmakers for missouri on offense well i'll tell you the one that comes to mind immediately is going to be i think the best prospect on the field saturday and that's the freshman wide receiver luther bird the third and this was everybody's first glimpse of him in a college uniform on thursday every time he touched the ball something electric seemed to happen the first time he touched the ball he's lining up in the wildcat and takes a snap and goes 17 yards uh his first reception uh, or at least his first touchdown comes on a on a reception where he catches the ball in the flat at the 10, makes two tacklers miss him, and then runs through two into the end zone. So this guy, he's a five-star prospect and best receiver and the uh, freshman prospect in the country, picked Missouri over the likes of Alabama and Georgia. So he's something special. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him play against a, a, a power five defense in Kansas State. But he is the Tigers' top player maker and they have others at, at wide receiver. They are, they, that's their strongest position group. They're, they're just so deep there. Running back, they're having to replace a guy who was first-team All-SEC in Tyler Beatty, but they have in the fold uh, you know, a transfer, Nathan Pete, who went to Columbia Rockbridge High but spent his first, uh, I think it's three years, at Stanford. Transferred back to Missouri, uh, had a touchdown run, and, and led the Tigers in rushing last week. So this is a team that does have some playmakers. Uh, they get the ball in the hands of the right people uh, those guys can uh, they can get into the end zone. Blair Kirkhoff is our guest from the Kansas City Star. Flip side of the football, the Missouri defense, it wasn't a secret last year that they did struggle, certainly against the run, but was the game this last Thursday, was it convincing enough to tell you that, okay, this should be a different year with the defense? Yeah, there was enough there. Now, it was it was Louisiana Tech. It was the first game of a new coach who put in a new system, an air raid system, right? It was Sonny Cumbies, the head coach, the old Texas Tech quarterback, you know, who learned offense under Mike Leach that you know we're all familiar with. So they're not going to run for a lot of yards anyway, but they are going to play some hurry up and try to get as many snaps as they can. And still, Missouri held them to 11, sorry, eight yards rushing. So that was an incredible improvement over what what Missouri showed last year. You were right. A year ago, they were horrible on uh, in rushing defense. 124th out of 130 in NCAA uh, in rushing defense, giving up about 230 yards a game. What, what, what we saw in the opener was some contributions from transfers, including, uh, and especially, linebacker Tyron Hopper. Transfer from Florida, played the last three seasons at Florida. In his first game at Missouri, comes up with six tackles, an interception, a sack, and I thought was the best player on the field in that game. They had a a pick six from Joseph Charleston, the safety transfer from Clemson. Jaden Jernigan, defensive lineman uh, from Oklahoma State, had a sack. So, you know, they they returned eight players with starting experience in a Tigers uniform, and then they added a, a bunch of transfers from power programs, and voila, that defense looked a lot better on Thursday night than it did at just about any time last season. Well, Blair, to wrap up, this game, this rivalry hasn't been played since 2011. That was the year right before Mizzou left for the SEC, but, I mean, what a rivalry it was through the Big 8 and the Big 12, and now they finally play. But these players, I mean, they are probably grade school, right, when this game was last played, this rivalry, when they were in the same conference together. I mean, do you sense a buzz? Has it been talked about a buzz with the team or just the fan base of Mizzou ready for this 
this ball game that's going to be sold out? Yeah, I think there is a buzz. A lot of Missouri fans have been talking about this game, especially the ones in Kansas City, have talked about this game ever since it came on the schedule, which I think was in 2017. And you know, you're right. Look, they haven't played since 2011. They were, you know, Big 12, Big 8. Big 7, Big 6, Missouri Valley Intercollegiate Athletic Association rivals. They were rivals for a century. You know, Missouri goes to the SEC, and, 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 the, and they shut down relations for uh, about a decade. But I think especially for fans that are east of Kansas State and west of Mizzou, this is so much fun, and we're all happy that it's happening. And look, even though they haven't been on the field, they absolutely meet on the recruiting trail, especially in and around Kansas City, a lot. These are staffs that know each other, even though the Missouri staff's only been there for a couple of years. And I know it's just a two-year series. Future football schedules are, for the most part, are set for many years. But I'm, I'm hoping that these schools find a way to continue to play each other down the road. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun watching the fans go back and forth on social media. and Yep. I mean, Sold out game, standing room only tickets remaining, and uh, I mean, if you look on secondary sites, tickets are north of a hundred bucks, the cheapest. So yeah, I would say just based on that, there's a lot of hype around this game that kicks off at uh, 11 a.m. But Blair, greatly appreciate your time and safe travels to Manhattan. Thank you, Mitch. A big thank you to Blair Kirkoff from the Kansas City Star for that breakdown of the Missouri Tigers. Powercat Game Day this season brought to you by the McCain Performance Series, bringing the best to the Flint Hills in Broadway music, theater, family shows, and comedy. Kids 17 and under always have price. Get your tickets online today. Coming up next, we'll finish up Hour 1 of Powercat Game Day with the Big 12 Huddle. And we know we can't wrap up that first hour without hearing from Robert Lipson. We roll on with Powercat Game Day next. Follow us on Twitter at Powercat Game Day and join us in the pregame conversation. Powercat Game Day continues next. Hey, Manhattan, don't miss the Labor Day sales event at Beds for Less. For a limited time, save up to $700 on select Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets at Beds for Less, your authorized Tempur-Pedic retailer. Right now, get a $300 Amazon gift card with your Tempur-Pedic mattress purchase. Get free statewide delivery on your Tempur-Pedic, too. And take your Tempur-Pedic home today with zero down and up to 60 months promotional financing from Beds for Less. Plus, twin mattresses start at $99, queen mattresses from $199. Hurry to the Labor Day sales event at Beds for Less, 519 Fort Riley Boulevard in Manhattan. One of country music's biggest hit makers, Josh Turner. September 22nd, McCain Auditorium, Kansas State University. Josh Turner. Would you go with me? One night live. I can't believe how much it turns me on. Just to be Tickets on sale now at McCain.k-state.edu. Don't miss Josh Turner, sponsored by Commerce Bank. The Big 12 Huddle. Powercat Game Day's experts around the Big 12 Conference. The Big 12 Huddle brought to you by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Locally owned with nine locations across Kansas. Online at Vanderbilt's.com. Mitch Fortner back with Cole Manbeck and Derek Young. D.Y., let's start with the statement that was made this week by the new commissioner of the Big 12, Brett Yarmark, who said in what was felt like an obvious statement that if the Big 12 were to expand, he'd be looking out west. Yeah, quite frankly, that's just not something we typically hear from commissioners, that kind of specificity, um, just that blunt and brutal honesty that we are, we do want to expand. And here's exactly where we want to expand. Think about like when the SEC expanded to Texas and Oklahoma, when the Big Ten expanded to USC and UCLA. Um, We didn't know any of that was in the works until it was already finished. Uh, Brett Yormark doesn't leave anything to the imagination. He's, uh, he's very bold. It's kind of a breath of fresh air, I'm sure, for 
nearly every Big 12 fan that might be listening, obviously this is mostly Kansas State, but just any fan, just because, you know, in the past, probably for decades now with the Big 12, it's kind of just seemed a little bit of a boring and mundane conference, very content with what they are doing and not necessarily progressive. Your Mark's not afraid to push the envelope, both with his mouth and how he answers questions and just, you know, being progressively, you know, open about wanting to expand the league to, to new members. I mean, he could have called Arizona out by name, I think, uh, judging by some of the remarks that he made in addition to what you have shared in terms of specific criteria that he was looking. So I just think uh, it's kind of nice. It's a breath of fresh air to what we have become accustomed to hearing for a lot from the Big 12. Cole, in week one, the Big 12 goes 9-1. and one. A lot of cupcake games in there, but was there a team that stood out to you as being the most impressive? Yeah, I mean, I think I would say Baylor. Now, granted, they played Albany, but Blake Shapin played a tremendous football game. And I think, you know, that was some of the questions coming to the year is how good would he be? He got a few games under his belt last year, replacing Bo Annan as the quarterback. And he looked sharp and they hung 69 points on Albany. I'll throw one other team in, guys, just because it was a huge rivalry game. And I know they lost. I mean, it was the only loss for the Big 12. But I thought West Virginia showed something in that game. It's unfortunate Neil Brown lost them the game. Uh, as the head coach with some of his decision-making. But I was impressed with West Virginia to go on the road to Pitt in a huge rivalry game and really a game they should have won. I agree with that, Cole. I, I, you know, West Virginia, you brought up Neil Brown. You know, They kind of shot themselves in the foot as well at the end. Maybe I mean, they, they lost the game for themselves, but uh, Pitt coming out that win and West Virginia's loss, the only one in the Big 12 this past week. Back to D.Y., there is a couple of injury situations. Texas Tech losing quarterback Tyler Shuck for a couple of weeks at least, and TCU's Chandler Morris out at least this next week with a sprained left knee. Either situation, is this in any way panic mode for either two teams? You know, if it was long-term for TCU, I might push the panic button for them just because I think Chandler Morris is night and day 100 times a better fit for what Sonny Dykes and Garrett Riley want to do at TCU than Max Duggan. Max Duggan's almost like, um, uh, you know, a bit like Spencer Sanders. And what you see is what you get. You kind of know what, what to expect. And we've seen this movie play out. You know, it seems like we've seen 32 sequels at this point. Um although Spencer Sanders kind of went crazy last weekend. So um, for TCU, just the fact that he's only going to miss one game, that's a great sign. So I won't hit the panic button since it's only a one-game uh, you know, missed for Chandler Morris. For Texas Tech, it's probably a blessing in disguise. Uh, no offense to uh, you know Tyler Shuck. I hope he gets better. But I think we were all kind of surprised that Donovan Smith wasn't named the starting quarterback to begin with. He's the better player. And finally, in the Big 12 huddle, Cole, get your take on just a couple of matchups this week because Texas is Alabama and KU is at West Virginia. Both of these teams have a lot of hype. KU, you know, granted, it's probably a lot of the fans, but they really believe in this KU team. So does this week kind of feel like a put-up-or-shut-up week for Texas and KU? Well, I think Texas just needs to be respectable. I don't think anyone expects them to win the game as 20-point underdogs, but I, I think they need to show some competitiveness in this game and hang you know, close to that number against Alabama. Uh, For Kansas, you know, KU fans are feeling confident that this is a much better football team after watching week one. But the reality is Tennessee Tech is one of the worst FCS teams in the country. So, yeah, you can feel good that you did exactly what you're supposed to do because that's an accomplishment in itself for Kansas that they haven't been able to do over the years. But, uh, yeah, I I don't see Kansas going to Morgantown and winning this game. But it's going to be a really interesting 
game to watch because West Virginia is coming off a letdown situation where they, they lost a game against their bitter rivals playing for the first time in 11 years in a game they should have won. So, you know, I don't know how juicy that atmosphere is going to be in Morgantown. Uh, KU is probably going to think they have an opportunity to sneak in there and steal one. So it, it'll be a fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Well, if there's somebody that have their uh, interest peaked by the renewing of the rivalry between K-State and Missouri that kicks off at 11.01. Officially, you'd have to expect the super fan of K-State, Robert Lipson, with another edition of Robert's World, which is brought to you by hy V. Gear up for your next tailgate at Manhattan High V, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. It's our latest edition of Robert's World. Respect the streak. Robert's World with K-State superfan Robert Lipson. It's time for another edition of Robert's World on Powercat Game Day. I'm Mitch Fortner with the K-State superfan Robert Lipson. Robert, K-State this past Saturday beat South Dakota by the final score of 34 to nothing. What did you take away from that game in, in week one? As I told you last week, you can't tell much from these kind of games against an overmatched opponent. As I said before, I'll know a lot more after today's Big 8 opener against Tony the Tiger. Injuries, illness, and luck are not factors in any way that I'll know a lot more. I left right at the end of the third quarter of the Coyote game. How did Jake Rubley look? He looked really good. He was 4-for-4, four four, had a really nice pass to Will Swanson. Uh, okay. Uh, the biggest surprise I saw was uh, L State versus F State had a most compelling finish. Did you see that? I did. It was really good. Yeah. Reminds me when uh, Emmanuel Lemure blocked a PAT by I State and we won 24-23 a decade ago. Remember that? I do. My favorite memory of KSU versus Tony the Tiger. Do you remember in 1982, Doug Bogue overthrew Mike Wallace and Mike tipped the ball in the air at least thrice on his way to the end zone. Not only caught it, but even had had the wherewithal to stay just in bounds back of the end zone to tie the game. And that was uh, the best catch I ever saw by the best wide receiver we ever had here. And we tied Tony the Tiger at 7-7. And that was the year we went to the Independence Bowl. Well, Robert, do you think K-State will have enough to beat Missouri today? Home cooking. I like our chances because of home cooking, really. I mean, if the game was at Furrow Stadium instead, uh, all right, maybe we'd win 27-24. I think we'll win by 14 to 17 points. It all depends. All right, Robert, what is going to be your tailgate schedule for breakfast football? I'm going to be on the grass and satellite lots. So remember, this year the grass and satellite lots are only everything between the fire station and agronomy. The rec center is part of the east side now because of the new indoor workout construction. Now I'll start at the fire station and go towards agronomy. Then after the game, if anybody's left, I'll see what's left of agronomy and go back to my car at the fire station. Just before you go, just before you go, well, we got some time here. Why don't you tell the clones what you do during game day? I think they'd be fascinated to know. Well, Powercat game day, four hours to two hours before kickoff, and then after that, straight to the stadium and I start working on my prep for public address announcing. And what's the first thing you do when you get to the stadium? I read my script. Make sure I know exactly what I'm reading before I read it. Okay, yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of the clones don't know what you do. They know what I yeah. do, but they don't know. But yeah, thanks for informing them. Absolutely. Well, Robert, again, appreciate your time and have fun at the game today. Okay. Everybody have a very pleasant and productive decade. Over and out. Robert's Robert's World. 
And that'll wrap up Hour 1 of PowerCat Game Day, brought to you by Prairie Land Partners, your local John Deere headquarters for sales, parts, and service, with 15 locations throughout Kansas, online at prairielandpartners.com. Hour 2 of PowerCat Game Day will kick things off with our top three storylines of the week and our coach interview with the defensive coordinator of K-State, Joe Klanderman. Hour 2 of PowerCat Game Day, up next. The game is just the beginning. Get post-game video highlights and exclusive analysis online at PowerCatGameDay.com. Ready to upgrade your next company gathering? Meeting Space at Midwest Dream Car Collection offers one-of-a-kind entertainment in a stunning museum setting. Book a private meeting room and your guests can explore over 60 vehicle exhibits and enjoy beer and wine on tap. With modern audiovisual and a versatile setup, it's the perfect fit no matter the occasion. Holiday availability is limited, so contact Midwest Dream Car Collection today and celebrate in style this December. For more information, visit them online at MidwestDreamCarCollection.org. Every body is different. Some get injured and others wear down. At Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, your unique condition is at the center of what we do. Locally owned, OSMC is all-inclusive, featuring state-of-the-art equipment and treatment from diagnosis through surgery, physical therapy, and a return to activity to get you back to an active and pain-free life. Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, the same doctors trusted by Kansas State University. The greatest comebacks begin here. More information at kansasortho.com.